Well, hello, or ho, ho, ho to everyone. How about that? What an unbelievable game by your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the whistle just sounded as usual as soon as it's over. I stroll down to my basement, get a little chat with you guys as soon as possible. I think this is probably going to be a quick one. Uh, I mean, I have a couple areas of concerns, a couple critiques on first watch, but overall, what more could you ask for? I mean, Pickens, Rudolph, run defense, jumping all over these guys quick. I mean, and beating them up both sides of the ball. I was super impressed. Um, we'll do this. I mean, this is usually my format, but I want to buzz through some halftime stats, buzz through some final stats, and then I just have a bunch of nuggets in between as usual. But again, it's almost all good. I mean, it was... Sure, make for a good holiday week, you know, for you guys as fans, me as an analyst to talk about things, you know, Rudolph, the facility, all those good things. So I'm pretty happy. Um, at the half, Rudolph was 12 of 19 for 193 touchdown and no interceptions. 193. Some of that, of course, is you hit Pickens on a slant that he takes to the house. Yeah, but, you know, Browning, on the other hand, was 16 of 22 for 146, but he had thrown two picks, no interceptions. Rushing yards at this point, 70 to 15. But I didn't think the Steelers, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Steelers were grinding out tough yards, getting a lot of yardage through some big holes and dragging tacklers, but the 15 is what I'm harping on here. 15 rushing yards in the first half. I mean, the game was 24-0 at the half, but still... Could have stuck with the run. Najee had eight rushes for 47 yards. Pickens had three catches for 129 and a touchdown. Again, this is at the half. Uh, total yards, 263 and a half for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team you've been watching, to 153 by the Bengals. Yards per play. Bengals are at 4-9. It's not good, but it's not awful. Steelers are at 8-2. <laughs> wow. Time of possession, though. I mean, you have a one-play drive for a touchdown. You're not going to have a lot of possession. So the defense was on the field a lot. The Bengals were on the field for 17-27 compared to 12-33 for the Steelers in the first half. But the Steelers still produced 12 first downs compared to nine for Cincinnati. On third downs, the Steelers were four of six. Quite good. Bengals were three of seven. But, of course, a huge key, which goes without saying, is you won the turnover battle 2 nothing at the half. Now... I did make these notes at half. Bengals, one of the worst defenses in the league right now. Like, I just, I always like to call out the opponent when they're good. I'm going to call them out when they're bad. No reader. All the stuff I told you guys leading up to that, their numbers were really bad against the, the, on defense. And they didn't look good today. That's for sure. I also thought at this point, too, like, I even wrote, of course, this is an overreaction. Of course, this is overly optimistic. But quarterback, what? I think there's no chance Trubisky's going to be back. He's got one year in his deal. They're going to cut him. Okay. But I think you extend Rudolph. I mean, I didn't even know how the game ended. But I think you get Rudolph in camp in, in a Steeler uniform, maybe on a two- or three-year deal. And if Kenny shows well the rest of the way, do you go into next year thinking – it's just Kenny and Rudolph or just Kenny, Rudolph, and second-round pick, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick at quarterback, and then you use all your money on everything else and all your draft picks on everything else. I'm just throwing it out there. I know that's an overreaction, of course, but I, I still think that's 
maybe a solution or maybe a path I would consider. So the final was 34 to 11. Rudolph ends up with 17 to 27, 290, two touchdowns, no picks. Wonderful. Browning has similar numbers, 28 to 42 for 335. He did throw a touchdown, wide open, three picks. Najee ends up with 78 rushing yards. Pickens, four for 195 and two touchdowns. Higgins, though, five for 140 and a touch. I don't think a lot of that was against Porter, though. One or two plays for sure. Not the long touchdown, which we'll talk about, which was really poorly played, frankly, by the linebacker as well as Rowe. Uh, Walker, they both played that very poorly, unless Porter blew a coverage that it didn't look like it, he did. But all in all, I thought he did very well against Higgins. First downs were nearly equal, 16 to 17 for Cincy. Third downs, the Steelers were at 50%. You'll take that. Seven out of 14. Didn't get to third down all that much. They ran 58 plays. Only 14 of them were on third down. You'll take that. The Bengals ran a couple more plays, 61, but they were six of 13 on third downs which wasn't too bad either. They actually had some good third down efficiency, but they were 0 for 2 on fourth downs, which we'll get to. Total yards, 397 to 368. But one team was much better than the other, obviously. Yards per play got a little more equal since you ended up at 6, which you'll take all day long. Steelers were at 6-8. Rushing yards, 113 to 59. Red zone. I thought this was huge. Since he was 0 for 3 in the red zone, I mean – Rough. And the Sears D bowed up and played well in that area. Sears were two for three in the red zone. That's winning football. No turnovers. That's winning football. Three turnovers by Cincy and two missed fourth downs, which I count as turnovers. So in my world, it was 5-0 in the turnover battle. Time of possession doesn't really matter in this one, but Cincy won at 31-47 to 28-11. Um, so... We'll get to some stuff here in a minute. Let me tell you a little bit about the folks at Bet Online, new friends of ours. The only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes, as well as the folks at Bet Online. With NFL, bowl season, and the NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the, the second odds, news, etc. They're doing working hard for you. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Super easy to use. Head there today and get into the action. Remember to use the promo code though, B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V, all caps. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, you got to do that. Some notes I have here. And again, I don't think this is super in-depth expert analysis. But I love that it was a quick start. I mean, especially at home. I know some of you folks can be a little rough. And get you in a good mood right off the bat. Festive. Maybe a little... uh, Hot toddy or eggnog beforehand, iron, whatever. But keep you guys in a good mood right off the bat. But more importantly, you're putting pressure on a young offense and a young quarterback, and you're taking pressure off Rudolph. And I talked about the the future at quarterback. I want Rudolph as part of the mix. And anyone's paid attention to me these last couple of years, I've been a fan of him as a true two. You know, I mean, I think he's a quality backup. And... Has a place here, you know, and 
I don't quite understand why he's so popular with the fans, but good for him. I do think people felt for him when he got bopped on the head by Miles Garrett, obviously. I think part of it's because he's not Mitch Trubisky. I get that. <laughs> but I'm glad that he's a fan favorite. I would love to get him back in a Steeler uniform. I don't think it'd cost much at all. You could probably double what you pay him now, give him a two, three-year deal, go from there. Give Tomlin some credit. His boys came out flying, and he handled timeouts and clock management and challenges and all those things quite well, in my opinion. So I know you guys are hard on him. We'll reassess as the season goes on. But this was a very good moment for Tomlin, who, needless to say, needs one more win to keep his streak alive. Hard runs. I, I thought there were some nice holes opened. Harris and Warren, especially Harris, this one ran hard, as he always does. They always do. But they're hard to tackle. They're tough to get on the ground. A strong offensive line day overall, I thought. Uh, I want to double check some protection stuff. There was one play that nobody decided to block Hendrickson that didn't go for a sack from what I recall, but obviously that was just a mental error. Uh, Moore got beat a little. Uh, I think Jones got beat a little in protection, but overall, really strong O-line day. It looked like the guard shined to me. Didn't need Fryermuth. I don't really have a strong opinion on that. Um, we saw him destroy the Bengals the first go-round. Didn't need him. Was he not part of the game plan? I don't know. I mean, if you're lost and you got that production out of Fryermuth, you'd be whining and crying since you won big. We'll just brush it off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's wins are fun, you know. Uh, they just eliminated the Bengals' running game, which is the second game in a row against these guys. And I thought they had a really good feel for all the screens they were going to get and all the quick hitters and RPOs that they attacked the line of scrimmage, run and pass pretty well. Uh, the edge pass rush, I thought, was better than the numbers indicated. I mean, Watt in particular. But, I mean, he drew renegade plays and then gets a hold on Jonah Williams. Then he gets a false start to the next few plays after that. So, I think Watt drew three penalties as well as got a sack and was highly impactful with the lead at home. I always talk about that, that, I mean, as great as Watt has been in his career, unfortunately, he hasn't had as many opportunities at home towels flying with a big lead to really just pad his stats. And he did today, even though his stats didn't blow you away. I loved, especially with Highsmith, who got the pick, of course, dropping some edge guys here. You know, that it's a good way to put a good football player either in the, the flat or the middle of the field where you know there's really the only places they're going to attack in the pass game. And, of course, you um, take a, a good pass rusher out of the mix but still, I think you want to mess with the young quarterback's head, and they certainly seem to do that on several occasions. But, of course, the Highsmith interception. Now, two bad notes. Robert's injury immediately ruled out. I have no inclination to this. Probably by the time you listen, you'll know. But I'm just things like that with two games to play make me think he is out for the regular season. And I thought there were so many open Bengals receivers in this game <laughs> middle anything downfield anything five yards past the line of scrimmage I would say not Porter though I thought Porter yeah he got a he allowed a reception or two yeah and he got a penalty okay I thought that was a questionable one either way I'm not gonna get a soapbox about that I 
guess. I didn't see Peterson getting picked on. I mean, he moved to safety. Good for him. The deep guys, I guess, weren't as bad, but I thought there were just so many open receivers in the middle of the field and against Wallace, and um, that's problematic, as is the punter. I mean, Harvin, we've talked about enough. I mean, he, he can't be the answer going forward. I'm sure they won't make a change at this point in, you know, Christmas time, two games to play. His inconsistencies are brutal. And I want to talk about Browning for a minute here, too. Yeah, his numbers were good. I thought there was times that his lack of talent, to be honest with you, you know, mobility, twitchiness, especially arm strength, like the pick he threw to Peterson, he's trying to throw that thing out of bounds and well out of bounds. And frankly, just wasn't a big enough arm guy to throw with his feet not set and chuck it out, you know, out of bounds. He just didn't get enough on the ball because he was not gifted enough. There was a couple times where, well, certainly times a, a Burrow or a good quarterback would have carved this, you know, secondary and linebackers up. But there's also times where he's forcing the ball. He throws that one against his body. I've used this analogy all week, and I didn't expect it to come to fruition in this game. But when a, a, a pitcher goes through the league and everyone then gets a, a bead on what they do and what they don't do well, it makes it a lot harder. And pretty much after three or four games, which is where he's at, I think the league, particularly the Steelers, who know this team and coaching staff really well, had a great feel for the, the pretty much the only ways Browning could succeed. And I also think you have to have to have to mention, because if it was the other way around, you guys would be talking about it too. No Jamar Chase. I mean, not having Jamar Chase has such a ripple effect. Higgins is a great fill-in, and he can be a one in a lot of places. But the Yosevichs and uh, I killed his name, Yosevich, and all their other receivers all would have had to do a little less if Chase was out there. I mean, he's just a phenomenal player. So that's really all I got. I'm sure I'll find some more interesting nuggets. Um, more importantly, though, for you guys and I guess myself as well, I'll be watching a lot of football. But happy holidays. I hope everyone is safe and enjoys their time, whatever it is you do these next couple days probably a little happier with the Steeler win. All right, take care. Over and out.